Now in year number six, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Everybody sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I do hope you'll share it with your friends and family. Cheers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 307 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from snowy Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for giving the episode a listen. This is the next episode in my 2024 previews. And in just a moment, I'm going to be rejoined by my mate, Quinn DeLuca from the Pressure Point Media, as we preview his Richmond Tigers for 2024. Interesting uh, transitionary year for the Tigers and really looking forward to what he has to say. Don't forget, folks, if you're interested in having your local footy club getting a shout out during an upcoming episode, you can reach out to me on any of my socials. Head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com and get on the mailing list there. You can shoot me a note there if you'd like to do that as well. Love being able to highlight these clubs. And in fact, today's club of the episode happened to be the Shepparton United Demons of the Goulburn Valley Football League. And the club was founded back in 1950 and they play their games at the Deacon Reserve. And the club boasts some big names in AFL lore, including 273 uh, game, three-time premiership and Norm Smith winner, Sean Hart from Brisbane, as well as the new Richmond senior coach, Adam Uze. Now, I would love to tell you that I did that on purpose, but uh, for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, I do have a little uh, printout from Wikipedia of all the local footy clubs around Australia, and I kind of chose this one at random, and it just happened to be a club that Adam Uze cut his teeth at, so I'd like to think I know what the hell I'm doing, but this really was simply a coincidence there. Now, uh, the senior side, they open up their 2024 fixture at 2 p.m. on the 6th of April against the Achucha Football Club at Victoria Park. And I wouldn't wish the Demons the absolute best going forward in 2024. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Quinn from Pressure Point Media. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for our Richmond preview is one of the hosts of Pressure Point Media and also his Tiger Den podcast. He's a mad Richmond Tiger supporter. I can see his jumper behind him. And I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Quinn DeLuca back to the podcast. Quinn, how are you doing, sir? Craig, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me back again. It's a pleasure to be on here talking to you. And it's that time of the year. Footy is so close now. We're only yes. a couple of weeks away and you can just feel it. You can feel it. So I'm absolutely pumped. I, I am. I'm ecstatic. Um, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get to the end of the story first, but you know, I, 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 are we both, supporters of clubs who are kind of looking to the future a little bit because you know there are some folks that are saying that the you know the cat's window may not be closed completely yet but it's there's just a little bit of a draft coming in and and it's it's not very wide open and and the tigers are definitely in a transition period at this point in time with uh all of the changes that they have had so this has been an interesting end of last year as uh as uh, Damien Hardwick left the club, and I'll 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 let you speak to whether or not that was some sort of a conspiracy theory that you might believe in that uh, that ended up with him getting to the Gold Coast, uh, or not. And uh, you know, you brought in Adam Uze, and and you lost, you know, a ton of veteran leadership on this side as well.
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'll, I'll probably start with the Damien Hardwick comment first so I can get that out of my system nice and early. No I think problem. <laughs> over the, the ride of the last, yeah, I think over the ride of the last five or six months or so, my opinions change. You know, you, you, you look back at the good times, you think, well, he brought us three premierships. He was there for 10 plus years. He's done his job. You know, fair enough. He wants to try something different. Then, you know, the the saltiness comes out a little bit and you think, wow, why wouldn't you have stuck out the rest of the year? He had this signed, he had the deal planned. So I think at the moment I'm in the conspiracy theory basket where I reckon he probably knew what he was doing when he left Richmond. But that might change in another three weeks. So who knows? That'll be an interesting one. But, yeah, in terms of the transition phase, I think, you know your club's definitely in a transition phase when the club says it on the website. I noticed the other day they had a thing saying the listen is their transitional phase. And so that, that if they're admitting it, then I think we as fans probably have to accept that one as well. So it's going to be an interesting year. I'm not expecting a great deal. I want to see a lot of our younger guys get games and um, maybe a few of our sort of those middle, middle-aged players start to step up and take the role as those senior players now that uh-huh. guys like Jack, Raywalt and Trent Cochin have both gone. So... That'll be an interesting watch. Um, but, yeah, I think Geelong's in a similar boat as well. I think Geelong are almost more similar to where we were last year where there was still that chance of playing finals and it's just whether or not we can claw over the line. So I think right, Richmond's right. finals hopes are probably done for this year. But I think Geelong, as much as it frustrates me, I think there's still a chance. <laughs> I think you can never really I think you can never really count them out. Well, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but then, I, you know, I've been a, uh, you know, a Cleveland sports fan for, you know, six decades now. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, not had a great deal of success in sports here in, in the, the state of Ohio. Uh, so, you know, it's, it almost, you know, going back to Hardwick for just a moment. And while, you know, you look at the whole, you know, he had the, he kind of had the deal in his pocket is if you, if you're not a Richmond supporter, and I, because it's tough as a Richmond supporter to to want to you know be accepting of this and say okay it, it was it was organic and happened on its own, uh, but it's do you think it's almost important for the health of the competition for Gold Coast to become relevant sooner rather than later because the the, the comp has poured a ton of resources into that club and have not had a really, a really good return on their investment, if you will, at this point in time. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think they're pro- they're definitely overdue. They're, they're overdue. You look at what the Giants have been able to do. They've made grand finals, multiple prelims. Uh, they've been a successful team. The only thing they haven't done is won, you know, the grand final just yet, but they've, they've been there and they've been thereabouts, whereas Gold Coast haven't even played finals yet and they've been around a couple of years longer. So right, right. they're certainly overdue. I think they've got the list to do it now. Uh, with Damien Hardwick as coach, they've almost got no excuse. So it's almost finals or bust for them at this point, I would say, and especially with the Tasmania team potentially coming in in a few years, that could be another team that passes them again. I think if they're going to become relevant, now is the time and it needs to be done. Right, because you, you, you would imagine that, the Tasmanian team would probably the way that, you know, that to go back to Geelong for a moment has, has had an interesting way of drawing players to that community where it's a little bit out of the, the Metroplex of, of the metropolitan area of Melbourne, it's still a big city, but it's not the big city. You can kind of have a little bit more of a, maybe a quiet life there that if you happen to be a, a, a quality player from Tasmania that you may have that, 
inkling, that desire to go back home and and play for your state, your island, if you will. Um, you know, you know, had this happened a few years ago, maybe Jack Rewalt would have ended up there. Well, that's the thing. You listen to all these past players and all even current players that are from Tasmania and they all are drawn back home one way or another and that's in the off-season they go back and after their careers they constantly talk about how much they love Tasmania. So I can only imagine if there's a team that's there, it's definitely going to have that draw power. And right. I think that's where Gold Coast thought they would they would be uh, ahead of the competition because obviously the Gold Coast, beautiful part of the world, um, the lifestyle is relaxed up there, it's nice and easy, but it just hasn't been able to keep they're good players. If you look at some of their players that have gone to other clubs now, if they had all stayed, they would have won a premiership with the list they could have had, but they've just lost so many players over the years. And I think that's what's probably hurt them. So I think now they've got a culture where players do want to stay. Um, and that's when the next couple of years yeah. is going to be really interesting. At least one of them on your list. Yeah. As a meal in Tom Lynch, uh, you know, yeah. And Dion Prestier as well was also yeah. another Gold Coast okay. son. We had Josh Caddy who um, won a couple of premierships with us. He went to Geelong as well before he came to Richmond, but he was originally okay. from the Gold Coast. So Richmond have had a few of them, which is good. So it's probably payback them taking Damien Hardwick. Well, do you think that that uh, – yeah, and let's go ahead and, and, uh, and, and go ahead and mention this now. And while he is most definitely in the – the final lap, if you will, of his career. Do you think that Dema is going to be joined by a current Tiger next year in Dusty Martin? Oh, this is the magic question I keep getting asked. It's, I think not only because from what all reports, Dustin's a very shy person. Um, he likes to sort of keep to himself. And I think if you've got an environment and you're a person like that, it's a bit of a recluse, you're comfortable, you know all the people around you, the coaches, you've got your lifestyle sort of set up. I think for him, it's just easier to have his last season and just stay at Richmond because it's going to be the easiest thing for him to do. But in saying that, Dustin Martin it does strike me as the type of guy that would love the Gold Coast lifestyle. He's got a coach that would almost be like a second parent, you'd have to imagine. So... It's hard. It's hard. Uh, I know the, the news reports for the last three or four years have all said Dustin Martin to leave Richmond. Dusty's leaving Richmond and right, he hasn't right. done it yet. So right, exactly. until he does, I'm not going to believe it. I don't think, but it's, yeah. um, I can see, I can see arguments for either side, but I, I personally, I think you'll say. Yeah. Or the same people that, that maybe talked to Dima, uh, in the middle of last season are, are, are already visiting the, uh, you know, the training rooms at, at punt road right now and go, Hey, you know, there's these really nice tattoo parlors up at, at the Gold Coast as well. And, and it's even <laughs> at that time of year, you can spend so much more time outside without your shirt on, displaying those to people like you did in the underwear commercial years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we should bring back, we should bring those commercials back. Maybe that'll entice him to stay at Richmond. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring them yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. What they don't want is me doing one of those commercials. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that makes two of us that there's makes two of us don't there's, worry an, about there's that. an image people will not get out of their head right there so um <laughs> you know i i i don't know a great deal about adam uze other than i i managed to guess what local footy club he played for uh you know during his formative years but uh is he the right guy to lead this transition period for your club it's a, again, it's a hard one. I think it's one of those things we won't really know until we start to see him coach and we see what Richmond do coming out. But I think one thing that really stands out for me is that, well, two things I should say, but one thing firstly, that is that he's had experience in the coach's box. He's always been an assistant, but when he was at Melbourne, 
he spent 95% of his time in the coach's box while Simon Goodwin would be on the ground coaching from the bench. So he knows how the coach's box runs. He sees it. He's got that viewpoint of it. So I think he knows what he's doing from that point of view. Um, but in terms of is he the right guy, he's been so close to getting a few other senior jobs. So you know that clubs have seriously taken him into in, in consideration. So he's obviously highly valued. But also I heard a story the other day about um, – he was, there. he was getting interviewed at Richmond by Tim Watson. I think it was Tim Watson was at the club interviewing Adam Ruse and Liam Baker, one of our small guns, came in and he was going to WA for the weekend. And Bakes went up just to say goodbye, let him know he wasn't going to see him for a couple of days. And they just embraced in this big hug. And he's only been there a couple of months. And I think if he's already gotten to the point with players that he's hugging them, he's embracing them, um, to me, it's only something small and maybe I'm looking a bit too much into it, but I think that's right, a great right. way and great way to bond with your players, especially these young guys. They want to be, you, you want to be nurtured as much as I want admitted out loud. I think these young guys do want to be nurtured and he seems like the type of coach that's going to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, looking at the, uh, at the list, um, you know, there's, Three, six, nine, ten, ten players who will be by the end of the season on the north side of thirty, um, and you know, a lot of big names, a lot of players who are are you know playing key roles for the club. Um, you know, of course, you know Dustin and you know Dylan Grimes being the oldest, you know, and and Marlon Pickett. And I've not followed, I've not followed too closely what's going on with his situation, and I and I, I don't really want to delve into the events that took place last year in WA. Cause I, I, I don't know if that's been resolved and it's, it's certainly not fair for, you know, anybody to speculate in terms of what's going on with his life. I just hope that it gets, you know, that, that things get resolved as well as possible for everybody concerned. Um, you know, whether or not he's able to, you know, to still participate, you know, or not, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I mean, I, I hope that if he's able to, that he's able to contribute well and, you know, cause he's been a, a pretty solid player and, you know, and I think the only player in, the history of the comp from the VFL to the AFL, maybe even all the other statewide comps beforehand to play his first game and win a grand final in his first game. It's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a very thing. hard thing to do. So, you know, absolutely. It's a hard thing to do. So how do you, you, you lost Trent Cotchin, you lost Jack Rewalt, um, which means the next time you win a premiership, you've got to have somebody else singing post game at the after party. But um, how do you replace, you know, a couple of absolute veterans, you know, even Robbie Tarrant. I mean, how do you replace, you know, multiple premiership winners like this and, and keep the, you know, the, the ship going in the, in the right direction, you know, and, and you kind of said it's a transitional period. The club has kind of admitted to that, but, how do you get past, you know, somebody like a Jack Rewalt, you know, just like Sydney's dealing with, you know, no, nobody anymore. Yeah. Again, that's a, it's a great question. I don't think you ever truly move on from players like that. I think there's generational players that will come in and the impact that they'll have can never be replaced like for like. I think it's just looking about how your system looks um, and then the other players coming in and can they sort of fill that void and, We've got a few players. I think Jacob Bauer is a similar size to Jack Rewalt. He's a young guy. He's only played a handful of games. Um, he's been really promising. I like what I'm seeing from him. And then, of course, there's the talk about Noah Bolter moving from full back down to full forward. So whether or not he can have an impact, he's still a young guy. I think he's he'd be 24, 25 potentially. So he's still got plenty of footy left in him. He could be another one that sort of fills that forward role. And you talked about guys post 30. 
Tom Lynch is in his 30s now as well. So how long does he have left really? So the forward line's an interesting one for us. I think it's going to be a hard watch because um, I really don't know how it's going to look lining up round one or sorry, opening round, I should say. We've got opening round now this year. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But I think, yeah, I think looking at these young guys is probably going to be the best way. And for me, Jacob Bauer is probably the next best thing on my list. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you know Kashitsky might be able to come in from the Hawks and help out a little bit as well. But it's just... You know, you've you've got one of the great goal kickers in in the history of the game who's left, and another one who's been a very good goal kicker for many years. And from what I read, he's already ruled himself out round one. I mean, do you do you worry about this this injury he's having that he's been dealing with lingering and and carrying over into a bigger chunk of 2024 than you had hoped? I mean, you find yourself in a in a point where who's going to kick the goals for you? is almost a question you have to be asking for you. We may be a great defensive side. We may have a fantastic midfield, but once we get the ball in the forward 50, how are we going to put it through the big sticks? That's again, that's the magic question. It's yeah. um, he played three and a half games last year. Yeah, that was all he managed to get before he got injured. And the timeline kept changing. We got told it'll be six weeks and it was 10 weeks and it'll be, he'll be back just before finals. And now he's going to miss, you know, opening round, potentially round one against Carlton as well. So it's, it is definitely concerning, especially at his age. Um, a lot of the, since he's been at Richmond, he has had a lot of injuries, which I know there's not always a lot you can do about them, but it's still a frustrating watch. And he is probably our most important player. I've said this for the last couple of years, because when it goes forward and you noticed it last season, we just can't seem to find an easy way to hit the scoreboard without him on the ground. So right, right. I think if he doesn't play this year, it's going to be a lot more difficult for us to, uh, to win any games of Woody. Yeah. And, and in the long run, it may be a good thing for the side, but it may be a difficult pill for Richmond supporters to swallow, you know, coming off of, of three premierships over the last seven years and realizing, uh-oh, we're in, we're in some serious, you know, trouble here. Uh, and, you know, we, we're not going to have the ability to, to, you know, to, to score the way we've scored before with Lynch and with Rewalt, you know, and, and it's, uh, but again, in the long run, it, you know, it may be, it benefits some of those younger players getting the game experience at the highest level to where they're able to step out of the shadows from, you know, a Lynch and a Rewalt and that sort of thing and be ready to go when 2025 or 2026 rolls around and the club is, I guess, well, I guess let me ask you this, that question then, when do you think this club is going to be ready to compete for a spot in the eight since they're basically saying they don't think it's going to happen this year. I think if I'm being realistic, I think obviously it won't be this year. I think 2026 is a good target for us to aim for because I think a lot of the young guys that we have on our list have played a little bit of footy already. They've had a taste of senior football. Mm -hmm. It's now just getting them consistent over the next two years or 2024, 2025, playing them more consistently, giving them their opportunities. Um, and if they're the players that we think and hope that they are, then I think by 2026, we should be ready to to give finals a shake. Now, whether that's, you know, a premiership contention final side or just, you know, cracking into the eight, right? I'm not too sure yet. It'll be probably a wait and see. But I think uh, by 2026, I'd expect us to be playing finals again because we don't want to bottom out. I think we've made that pretty clear as a club that we don't right. plan on bottoming, bottoming out, just starting from zero again. I think we want to stay thereabouts. And that way, when we're ready to launch, we're we're ready to launch. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you look at do you look at kind of what has gone on with West Coast over the last couple of years, and you go, 
I don't want that to happen to us. You know, I mean, they've still it scares got, me. Yeah, they've got, they've, I mean, they still have some, they still have some great veteran names out there and they're now bringing in some good young talent, but, but it still is a transition period for that club before I think they're going to be ready. Maybe as I, I think maybe 2026 might be the year where they're thinking, okay, we can go back and play finals in this, in this season. Cause you've got, you know, you've got some veterans on that side who you're very similar to the, the age profile of the tigers that, that are going to probably not be there the next time the club is playing an elimination final or, you know, yeah. So it's, yeah, a hundred percent. It's, no, and, it's a scary prospect thinking about becoming a, the next West coast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. watch them and you think, oh, this could be a long haul. And, or, you know, and I guess even, you know, the same thing with, you know, with the roots, but, you know, let's, you know, let's, I think we can safely say that, that if, if the Tigers find themselves in the position that the Roos have been in the last few years, the Tigers might not get the same concessions from the comp, from the league that the Roos have received. I think that, yeah, you know, I no, no, I don't think we would either. I think, Matt, Matt, you know, it's it's always easy to say when, you, when you're looking from your own point of view, but it says, you know, the word hard done by might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think that, yeah, some of the concessions that these smaller clubs get in comparison, and I mean, maybe rightfully so, because we are a bigger club, we do have more members, we have more mm-hmm. income. Maybe that's got part of something to do with it, but it definitely um, isn't something I'd be expecting coming our way if we did uh, end up like the Roos in the next couple of years. Yeah, it would be. I And, and I think that's a club that, you know, it's it's an interesting time because I, I think that that's a club that probably by 2026 is going to be ready to because they've got a lot of really good pieces in place. Um, maybe pieces they shouldn't have had have had access to, but they've got them nonetheless now. Um, but uh, you know, that's a club that I think could be, and especially you know, I think you know with uh, uh, the the coaching staff that they have there right now, I think they could be ready to you know to maybe make that jump in, possibly sneak even sneak in next year. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, it could certainly happen because I think there's some older clubs that are going to maybe slide out of the eight, uh, opening up some opportunities there. Because I, I and I I had one club, and I'm not so sure I want to leave them there now. But I had one club that I thought was going to drop out of, the, and I'll tell you off air, but. Uh, I'll save it for my preview, but I had one club that I think is going to drop out of the eight. It might surprise a lot of people. And one that I thought was going to get into the eight that I know would surprise people. Um, so, and I'll, I'll tell you when we wrap up, I'll tell you those. Cause I'll, I'll save those for when I do my own preview. Cause people will probably tell me that I'm crazy when I mention both of them. Uh, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, since this is a transitional year, what, what does a successful transitional year look like? What do, when you, when we get to the end of 2024 and the club is finished somewhere ninth or lower is what it seems like they've resigned themselves to do. What does a successful transitional year look like to you? If we're talking in terms of ladder position, for me, I would say anywhere from anywhere not in the bottom four, so anywhere between ninth and I guess thirteenth, fourteenth, I, I think I would I'd be happy with. But I, I think if we're not talking ladder position, I think it's just getting as many games into these young guys as we possibly can. There's there's so much talent and there's so much 
promise from these guys, but they might just not have had their opportunity because of the senior players that we've kept in thinking that we were a, a last chance at finals, especially last season with Toronto and Hopper coming in. So mm-hmm. I think just seeing these guys play, like these kids, they're so exciting. You know, when I go, I've seen them at open trainings, practice matches over the last year or so. And there's a lot there. And I think it's just let's 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 let them shine. Let's show the fans what they can do, um, and and it gives us hope going forward as well. And I think that's what you what you want the most from a club in a transition phase is when you can see that there's going to be a finish line. It, there's nothing more frustrating than when you go when you're looking around going, oh, I don't see where we go from here. So as long as by the end of the season I can say well, we're going in a direction, we're going towards it, then I'll be happy. Okay, so who are you the most? Well, let me let me ask you this as a follow up then. So, what is the what's the things? What are the things that you're going to be looking for? Where you're going to go? Okay, this is looking a little too much. Uh, we're we're getting a little too close to looking like what West Coast has looked like the last couple of years, and and I'm really really concerned now. What are the what are the the benchmarks that you're going to be looking for that you don't want to see? Hmm. I think the big one is probably not letting teams score too many consecutive goals. I think that's when young guys especially start to drop their heads um, and it just starts to get a little bit deflating and then the confidence is low and the fans start turning on you and, that, and that's when it all starts going downhill. So I think that's a, a really big one. Um, and I just think over the last few years, we've really stuck close as a group and we've got such a tight-knit group that you that do seem to love each other a lot. I think if we can keep that, Mm-hmm. I think it's it sounds small and it might sound a little bit silly, but I think if we can keep that and that's going to go a long way to not making sure we don't end up, you know, like a West Coast or a North Melbourne who are, you know, dwindling at the bottom of the ladder and taking home the wooden spoon every year. So I think those two things are going to be the most important. But again, it's there's probably more to it than that. I'm just a bit of a sentimentalist. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I guess if, you know, maybe, you know, post, you know, post footy career, you plan on opening up a beaster or something like that, then maybe you want to take in a couple of wooden spoons. But other than that, you have, Probably want to go ahead and leave them in somebody else's kitchen, per se. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that was bad. I know. Uh, who are you the most excited about seeing this year? Who's what's the player that you cannot wait to get the season started because you want to see what they're capable of or in there? You know. And I know you didn't have a first round pick this year because that went to gold or that went to GWS and the, you know bringing in you know the the couple of youngsters in from the from the Giants last year. Um, but who are you the most? Uh, um, excited seeing out there. So, yeah, it wasn't a first pick, first round pick this year, obviously, but I'm going to go back to our first round draft pick from a couple of seasons ago, Josh Gibkiss. He missed the entire 2023 season. He was the first round draft pick from 2022. Um, and he had so much promise. He was an absolute talent. He played nearly every week in 2022. He dominated. Um, and he missed the whole season last year. He went to Qatar for some hamstring treatment. And apparently from all reports, he's come back, Absolutely flying. And I was talking to you off air about this earlier. Richmond are playing Melbourne in a match simulation um, later today. So I'll be heading over there and he'll be the player I'll be keeping my eye on the most just to see how he's moving and if his promise is going to be lived up because it's, um, it's, he's an exciting player to watch. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, the, and do you worry then about, you know, and I, and I guess it's, it comes with the game. Injuries happen in, in, in all types of sport. Um, as much as you're concerned about him coming back healthy, do you, you, you can't just keep him in cotton wool and say, well, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take him out of the packaging when it's time to play a game. 
you get you got to get them you've got to get them there allow them the chance to get their legs underneath them and and get out and get game ex, you know you know game experience and get their you know lung capacity built up and just be ready to go when the first bounce in in round one is there and they all wave up to Demma at how, however many you know <laughs> whatever kind of wave they give him uh depending on their take in terms of the conspiracy aspect of things uh but you know I, you know I, it's because you, know, you look at what happened with uh, you know Hawthorne and James Blank, you know where he you know in, a, in an inter squad match and did his ACL, and is done. You know, and I was uh, watching something on YouTube uh, about Hawthorne and basically saying you know that their entire you know somebody arguing that their entire defensive structure is now kind of falling apart because he was like the the glue that was going to hold their defensive structure together, and now he's not going to be there for the entire year. So which might give you a little bit of a clue of what we talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, there is still a ton of talent on this side. You know, they're, they're, if they can score consistently, they're going to frustrate clubs, I think, because there's enough talent there to beat clubs who think they should be playing in the eight who probably will be playing in the eight and are going to get done are going to go son of a bitch. They, they stole that one from us. Uh, you know, when they come in after the game and, and they're going to go, no, that was Richmond. That's what they do. You know, even though they're not, you know, being considered a top eight side, there still is enough quality, you know, talent there to do that. Can they do it week in and week out? I, I don't know, but, uh, it's, it's a, it is a, uh, you know, a club that, is rebounding and i and i again now i don't uh i i don't you know they you, you look at their first five and and, and let's be honest that the folks that did the scheduling for them did not do them a whole lot of favors in their first five i mean they just basically said mm-hmm. here um here's the meat grinder go ahead and climb on in now yeah again you've got you know you've got them playing gold coast okay so you so they're they're facing their old coach who knows you know a lot you know knows more about the skill sets of most of the list than than anybody, although may not know the structure that that Uze is putting in place for the club, but you know you got Carlton, you got Port Adelaide, Sydney, St Kilda. It's that is not an easy start to the year at all. No, it's certainly not. It's um to be to be fair, Richmond usually have a, a rougher run early in the year, and then we sort of come home with it with a lot easier run, but. I think especially where we finished last year, um, that, that wasn't taken into too much consideration because, yeah, the teams that were playing all up front all tipped to be playing finals this year, if you think about it. Carlton should be there. Sydney, a lot of people are tipping to be back. Um, Port Adelaide, well, that could be either way, actually. But, they, you know, they were there last year, so it'll be an interesting watch. But um, I think I have to agree with your comments before. I think it's going to be a bit of a tough slog, but I think we will – knock off a couple of teams here or there that we probably shouldn't have. And we might, yeah, we might annoy a few teams. And yeah, my partner's in the next room is a big Carlton supporter and I'd love nothing more than to knock them off in round one. That'd be, that'd be the biggest upset <laughs> I'd love, love to come away with this year. We could win that and lose every other game and I wouldn't be too upset. So I think, I think it'll be a tough watch, but it'll be, um, yeah, it'll be one where we'll have a bit of fun in the meantime. Oh, come on. I, you, 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 as a Richmond supporter, you've you've got to be thinking that that at the very least that you win four games this year. I mean, you have to beat Gold Coast twice. 
and then you've got to be now you've got to be Carlton twice because your partner's you know Carlton supporter. So you so you you've got to come out of here at least with four those four wins this year, and then whatever else on top of that. Then yeah, exactly right. You're right. So I need four wins minimum for yeah. my season to be, or for me to think our season was relatively successful. If we get those four wins, and you know whatever happens after that happens after that, I'm not too fast, but we need to get those four. You're right. Yeah. Then I forgot, I forgot that we had both of them twice. Yeah. Then you're looking for draft position then, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I mean, that's, that's exactly. Well, we haven't had a first round pick and now it feels like forever. So yeah, we definitely need to uh, get, get ourselves. There, there aren't any more Dacos brothers coming along, are they? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think, funny enough, I feel like they'd end up at Collingwood if there is another one. So yeah, well, I think we're stuck with who we've got at the moment. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I love the idea of the the, the whole fa- the father son thing or the father daughter thing. I think it's yeah you know, it, it's get and I don't think I'll be cogent enough you know as somebody who's sixty years old. I don't think I'll be aware enough of what's going on when we have the first mother son or mother daughter um, player coming into the either the AFLW or the AFL. I don't I'm not sure I'll be I'll be w- aware of what's going on at that point in time because I'm going to be a really old man then. But uh <laughs> you know it's I I've joked I've joked I said you know if, if with the whole you know, if you've got a, you know a, a player who is a uh, you know who ends up being a, a lifetime you know plays for that one club. You know Jack Rewalt, a Tom Hawk and something like that, you know. And they're planning on having lots of kids, you know, what you just go to the you know, the, the fertility clinic and have like six or eight of them all at once. And, you know, the team, you know, the club can draft, you know, can draft the entire, you know, the entire forward structure for the next 15 years or so all in one draft. <laughs> it's honestly a genius idea. And I'm not sure why clubs haven't gotten onto this sooner. It's, it's waiting to happen. It's only, I'm telling you now, it's only a year or two from happening. Now you've said this on air. It's only a couple of years from happening now before one yeah. club gets a, a great, of a great of their club and says, look, come back. We'll pay you whatever we're going to pay. Uh, we'll bring you to a clinic. Let's get the next list you know, in twenty years ready. Not, you know why not? To, you know, I, 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 you know, I've got you know Ford is sponsoring. You know the the cats and uh, M is it MG that I think have been sponsoring Port Adelaide and you know you've got you know yeah KF, KFC has been sponsoring clubs and that sort of thing and you know you've got you know uh, Emirates Airlines I think with with you know Collingwood. When is it going to be like, is there like a national fertility clinic in, in Australia that, you know, we might find th- their logo on somebody's jumper here pretty soon? <laughs> there's definitely a couple. You, you hear them, you always hear them on the radio, the ads. So there's definitely yeah. a couple around that could be reaching out to clubs any time now. On the yeah, back okay. of the jumper, I get the big sponsor. Don't muck around. Yeah, do I mean, do we, and again, I, I've not been there, but I've heard the commercials on television, but they could even have a co-sponsorship between them and what's the place called Sexyland? Isn't isn't that the? <laughs> are you sure you haven't? Are you sure you haven't been here? <laughs> I hear the commercials on the radio. So I mean, it's when I listen to the when I listen to the radio broadcast of the games when I'm out walking my dog. I hear the I hear those ads sometimes. You know, it's uh, you know, it's uh. There's actually one of those about five minutes from my. They're all over the place. There's one about five minutes from my place. I drive past it most days. So yeah, maybe they'll okay. end up on the jumper. On a Who knows? And I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So you drive past most days. Does that mean you stop the other days? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, 
I, I ended up in one of those places once when I was in the Navy in Nevada uh, with some friends of mine who were visiting one of one of those establishments that they have in Nevada. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was saving from, this was back when I was like 19, 20 years old. I was saving up money for a new stereo for my car. So I just waited for them because I had a bunch of money set aside for this new car stereo that I did not feel like spending on anything else at that point in time. So <laughs> boy, did I catch a ration of shit from that. <laughs> but you know what? I had, I had, a, I had a great stereo in my car though. I had a really nice stereo in my car for, for that, for those few years that I had that car though. Um, but yeah, I, uh, we might be onto something here as far as a, a good sponsorship, you know, and I'm not saying for Richmond, but, uh, you know, but, uh, maybe that, maybe that could work. Who knows? It could be the, it could be the new sponsor for a Gold Coast or a Tasmania, the teams that need to look, look for a bit of relevancy. That could be the sponsors. They'd yeah. surely get, they'd get attention. I mean, I would, you know, I'd have to go back and look, look at the demographics and see where they're, you know, which communities are seeing the, you know, population shifts trending downward. Um, it could be a win-win for the community as well. It helps to grow the tax base. I mean, we're, you know, it's okay. So enough of that. We're onto something though. We'll talk about it later, but we are onto something here. So, um, you know, let's take, you know, before we jump into a couple of trivia questions here uh, about the Tigers, um, if you're looking at, you know, first of all, when the season ends, after whatever, you know, if it's if it's round 24 after the the 23 game season, or if somehow they they find their way into finals and they go, okay, maybe it wasn't a transitional period. What does the headline in the paper say about Richmond's 2024 season? Well, the first one I'm hoping to see isn't necessarily about Richmond as a whole, but I'm hoping to see Dusty a Tiger for life uh, just after he signed his his next year contract. So that'd be the first one I'd want to see. Uh, I don't think this would necessarily be the the prettiest headline and I might word it a little bit better than me, these journos, but I think something along the lines of um, Adam Uze being the right fit. I just think, I think something along those lines about Uze being the right man for the job. I think there's a lot of pressure on him coming in and the whole decision around that. So I think if, if it's a headline, that's I'm trying to think of one while I'm talking as well to, you know, to not, yeah. not answer your question, but I think as long as it's something around, you know, Uze, the guy for the job or something like that, and maybe a bit more catchy, I think I'll think of something, but along those lines, I'll be happy. Maybe something like Richmond. Ooh, they got this pick, right? <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Something, something snarky like that, if you will. Yeah. So, um, Looking at the rest of the comp, are we going to see a uh, a Brisbane Collingwood rematch this year? And and I know that anybody that you know is is part of is you know supporting one of the VFL the original VFL clubs doesn't necessarily want to see the Magpies back in the grand final, and they may have their own you know don't want to see Carlton there either kind of thing. But uh, you know, yeah, I think I think it's a bit of a tough one for people support who. Football supporters, sorry, that don't go for any of those sorts of teams because no one really wants any of them in the grand final, I don't think. It's um, it's a tough one. I, I do see, as much as it pains me to say it, I do see Carlton making that jump and, and, and playing in playing in the grand final this year. Um, and I know Terry said it when he spoke to you a few weeks ago as well, but 
I can see I can see a Carlton Collingwood grand final. We were this close to getting it this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's every chance it happens again. So I, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Collingwood is still going to be the team to beat. And if Carlton continue in the trajectory that they're on in 2023, then they should be uh, they should be there right right up there alongside them. So I reckon it could be a Carlton Collingwood grand final. Okay. Okay. So, what is your bold prediction for the club this year? What is the thing that you want? The thing you want to say this is going to happen, and other people might just take kind of take step back for just a moment. And go, whoa. That's a really, really big call there. Do I have to be realistic about it? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. I think a bold, I mean, a bold call, I think the obvious bold call would be that Richmond somehow play finals and fall into the eight. I think that's probably the biggest bold one. I think a lot of people have as bottom four. So to say that we'll play finals, I think I'll probably run with that because I, I still think – Maybe I'm just being an optimist, but I still think that we we can. We've got such good players around the ground. If they all have a good year, then I don't see why not. So I'll say right. Richmond Richmond slot into the eight, I think, is my bold call. Okay. Okay. You may have talked me, as much as it pains me to say that, you may have talked me into that. But, uh, um, <laughs> of course, you know, my my thing is, I, I think I would probably be on board with you with the whole Carlton thing there as far as, you know, getting the wins against them. Because I I... I understand why why they've done it, but I still haven't quite forgiven them for uh, signing Michael Voss to his initial contract to be the senior coach when they did, because I uh, I was supposed to be on the Sporting Capital that day, and I got bumped from that up from that from then because uh, they hired Michael Voss instead of waiting until the Monday after the grand final. Oh well, uh, it is what it is. Wow, yeah. we're we're both on board with that with um with uh, the dislike towards them. Then so I appreciate yeah. that. It's I can but, I can feel but, the tension you know, in the room. It's Ter- perfect. Terry's Terry's a great guy though. So I mean I don't you know I don't uh, yeah I don't wish I don't I don't. That's one of the I guess it's one of the luxuries of coming to the game so late in life. I don't I don't have in my DNA that I you know that I absolutely loathe one club or the other. I mean, I, I just, I, I, of course I would like to see my club win every week and then see eight other great games. That's, that's, you know, or, you know, win gate teams, win games that are advantageous to my club, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. So are you ready to, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's one of those ones. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, it's one of those ones where your whole life, like you said, you know, if you don't, if you don't have it from an early age, you're ingrained to just loathe these teams and Carlton always one of those to me. And then now of course, you know, I've got my partner, her whole family, I've got close friends, you know, Terry, I know very well. And mm-hmm. yeah, I try to, you know, like I'll, I'll try to say, you know, I'm, I'm supporting them. I want them to win when Richmond's out of the finals, you know, I'm all on board, but right, right. there's always that little piece deep down that, that sort of stops me from fully jumping on board with them just because it, yeah. it, I can't let go of it. But um, but you're right. But like, Ter- and Terry is someone that um, I look up to in, in terms of all this sort of, you know, the podcasting, the YouTube, yeah, yeah. all that sort of. So he's done such a great job with it. So he's someone I really looked up to in that space. But um, it, it wouldn't make me mad if they didn't win a game all year. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and having just signed uh, uh, Michael Boss to I think a two year extension. Yeah, that would have been uh, now. I, I don't think what I don't think he would get the same fate that Brett Ratton got a couple of years ago from St. Kilda, where he signs a five-year extension and six months into it, they fire him, which, you know, that was like, no. and I didn't realize, yeah, I didn't realize because, you know, when, when coaches in, in sport here in the U S 
when they sign a you know, if they if Brett Ratton had signed if he was coaching an NFL team, let's say for example, and they signed him to a five year contract for whatever amount of money it was, let's say ten million dollars. They're gonna pay him two million dollars a year to coach the team, which would be on the low end in the NFL, and they fired him six months into it, they would still have to pay him the whole rest of that contract. Even though even though they'd gotten rid of him, mm. they they'd be committed to paying that. I mean, we just the uh you know, uh, I don't know if you follow any kind of uh, like collegiate football or anything like that here in the United States, but Ohio State is a, is you know is like the big university here in the state of Ohio, and they just fired their basketball coach, who had just signed a big contract extension. Where they they this is the university. There's people going to college, and they still owe him like twelve or thirteen million dollars on his contract that they have to pay him to not coach there anymore. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I think I think that's the right thing to do, though. As, as, as frustrating as it might be, if you've given had the faith in someone enough to give them that kind of contract, and then if you lose that faith, well, I mean that's kind of on you. I think you should have to pay them out. They've signed the deal. They've done their. I mean, maybe they haven't. Obviously, performance wise, haven't done their yeah. part. But yeah, I think that's something that Australian sport probably doesn't do right just yet. Um, it's obviously something we've got to. I think get- we've got to fix up it. I don't think there. Yeah, that definitely won't happen to Vossi. I think he's yeah. there for the long term. So yeah, he won't and, and have again, stress. That that's not me being the the you know the American or the Seppo, if you will, to use the proper vernacular, uh, to uh, to say that you know that well, you should do with the American. I'm just saying that you know that's what happens here because I because you know this is a good possibility. He had made you know economic decisions in his life, you know, based upon you know having that longer contract, and then all of a sudden they only had to pay him like another six months on top of what was left of it, and then it was done. Yeah, I mean that might have put him in, you know, a, maybe a financial bind. I don't have a clue, but it might have. You never know. So, yeah. So, all right, are you ready for some uh, some Tigers? Well, yeah, trivia? that's the thing. You just you just don't know. Yeah, you ready for some Tigers trivia here before we Ooh. wrap up? I am. I am. Last year, absolutely stumped me, and I'm I'm uh, I'm ready to come back and try and uh, <laughs> trying to get a few right this year. So we'll see okay. how we go. All right. All righty. Let me. I think I have the. Yeah, these are updated here. Okay. Um, these seven players, all of whom played at least 16 games, averaged at least 20 disposals for the club last year. There were seven, seven players that had 20 plus disposals per game last year. Seven. Okay. Seven plus. And they played, then they played, they all played at least 16 games. And we've mentioned. Okay. Um, We've mentioned five of the seven here tonight. Oh, wow. Okay. Jeez, this is bad. I'm off to a bad start already. I can't think of anybody. Um, was Jack Ross one of those? No, uh, sir. Jack Ross. Nope. Dustin. Oh, did Dusty average 20? Yes, he did. He did. Oh, wow. You've really... Yeah, you Dusty, I don't think did. No. No, he no, he, he really did. stumped me there. He did, he did. Uh oh he did. D- Dusty, Dusty did. Is, yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, I oh, did. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. Dusty's perfect. Dusty's a yes. Uh Shea Bolton. Yep. Yep. Shea Dusty, Bolton. Dusty was at number um, two with 23.6. Yeah. Okay, so got, perfect, perfect. Yeah, Martin uh, Bolton. Oh, Tim Tim Taranto. Yep. Tim Taranto had to have. Almost 29. Yep. Yeah. Martin Bolton Taranto. Um I don't think did uh, Dion Prestia did he play yes. enough games? Yes, he did. He played twenty games. Yeah, perfect. Dion, 
Maybe that's four. You've got, <laughs> that's a you've, slow got start. you've got numbers three, six, and seven on the list. Okay, three, six, and seven. Um, Jacob Hopper. That's one. Oh, he played enough games. Yes, he did. He played he sixteen. Did. Yeah. Oh, yes, so he was on the dot. He was on yeah, the dot. What? What? The other one? The other two? One of them played twenty-three games, and the other one played sixteen games. Okay. Who's trying to think who oh Daniel Rioli? There you go. And the last one played 16 games. And he was just a hair under 22 uh disposals well, per the game. The last one might stump me to be honest. Jaden Short. Okay. Um short. There you go. Yep. I wouldn't have yep. got that. So I appreciate that one. There you okay. go. Six no out of seven was a slow start, but <laughs> not, not not bad. Not bad. Okay, so. This player who played 21 games last year had the lowest effective disposal percentage for the club at 56.4%, the lowest deficiency, deficiency uh, disposal percentage. And, and how many games did he play, sorry? 21. Is, okay, so he played, okay, 21. Um, geez, we've got a few average ball users at the moment. Who would have been... Oh, was it Taranto? It was not. Uh-uh. No. Nah. Nah, it might have stumped me with that one. Who who was not using the ball so well? Jack Rewalt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Actually, that doesn't surprise me. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Now, in their, in their history, have the Tigers won more games at Waverly Park or Princess Park? Oh, I answered. I had this one a little while ago. Is it Princess Park? At Princess Park, they won forty-four games at Waverly, fifty-five. Ah, are you kidding? <laughs> I was never able to see games at either of them, so that's one thing they'll always regret as well. Being probably too yeah. young for either of those stadiums. Isn't 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 Waverly the one that's completely <laughs> Isn't Waverly the one that's completely surrounded by houses right now? I think I think that's the one that has like houses all built around it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they've just built. Yeah, no, that's spot on. They've got housing estates all around okay. it now. Okay. Um, so they've knocked down 90% of the grandstand. They've left one little chunk of it up, mm-hmm. which is where they've got all their playing facilities. And um, yeah, the rest of it's all housing estate. Okay. So. Who won the most games as senior coach for the Tigers, Damian Hardwick or Tom Hafey? I'm going to say Damian Hardwick. I think he was around a bit longer. I'm going to go Damian Hardwick. He was around longer. He 160 wins, 125 losses. Hafey, 158 wins and 69 losses. So he's got a significantly higher winning percentage, though. Than Hardwick, but yeah, but yeah, Hart, you're right with Hardwick on that one. Yep. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Hafey did have an unbelievable side too. Yeah. Um, this player led the club with 90.7% time on ground during his 23 games last year. So he was on the ground. He played all 23 games. Was on the ground almost 91. 97 percent. 91, 90.7. So almost 
Is it Noel Bolter? It is. Yes, it is. Yep. Good job. Good job. Okay. I thought it might have. I thought it might have been Noel. I thought who's key position that can that can last ninety percent of the time on the ground without needing a break? Who doesn't yeah, run gonna, too much? Well, I was going to say because you can pretty much you know you can pretty much write off a midfielder on that one. It's, it's never going to be a midfielder. I think. Yeah. You know, exactly right. Yeah. It was never going to be one of them. Yeah. All right. So. Who was the youngest player to debut for the Tigers in the 21st century? The youngest player. In the 21st century. So since 2000, 2001. And he debuted in 2005. Was it Trent Cochin? Oh, 2005. Uh, Brett Delidio. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Brett Delidio. He was my favorite. <laughs> you are, uh, you know, you are... I think doing much better this time than last time then. So it's, uh, I'm doing, but yeah, much, I feel, I feel more confident this time than I did last year. I think last year I got rattled a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I am so intimidating. Yes, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, who was the last player not named Jack Rewalt or Tom Lynch to lead the club in goals kicked in a season? And I think you froze up on me there. I'm going to clap here. Hello again. Sorry, Craig. That's okay. I, it's I, it's at my end. We are we are uh, on the waiting list for. Uh, they've just in, installed a uh, new fiber optic uh, Wi-Fi um, in our neighborhood. We're we're on the waiting list to get on that and get it uh, in you know, get it up and running here. Cause it's going to hopefully resolve all of those problems. Okay. So the question was, who was the last player not named Jack Rewalt or Tom Lynch to lead the club in goals kicked in a season? Ooh. My heart wants to say Matthew Richardson, but I feel like there must've been someone in between Jack and Matt. Um, I will tell you, it was 2009. 2009. Who, who was rolling around in 2009? I would not have a clue. Was it Matthew Richardson? It was Mitch Martin. Oh, wow. Yeah. I Mitch he kicked... Uh... <laughs> He kicked forty one twenty six. He kicked forty one twenty six that year. So, so he went on. He went on after Richmond. He didn't have a super successful career. Richmond. He moved on. Went to Sydney and won a grand final there. And then he was the one having the last laugh at all of us because we were sort of waving him out the door. And then he went and won a grand final with the Swans. So he. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, he ended up having an alright career. But um, that's yeah, that that's, that's, that surprised me. Winning a grand final is not a bad thing, yeah. Um, okay, last two questions, and they both deal with last year. Uh, this 19-game player led the club with 7.81 percenters per game last year. So he had 7.81 percenters per game last year, and he played yeah. 19 games. S 
and we have not mentioned his name yet tonight. I think this guy might have played more games. Okay. So I haven't mentioned his name. That's thrown me. Well, and I, can, can I give you one more clue? The 19 games of his that he played last year are the only 19 he has played at the senior That's level. Right. Um, I think career. you stumped me. The, the, the 19 games that he played last year are the only, ni- only games he has played at the senior level in his career. Oh, okay. Was it Tyler Young? There you go. <laughs> there you there go. go. Yep. There you go. The 1% man. Yeah. I, I, I love that stat. And I, and I say that every time I ask that question is it's just, it's, it, you know, I don't know if, uh, the, the film director Spike Lee is a footy fan, but you know, he did the movie called do the right thing. I mean, it, it, you could almost call that the Spike Lee award when you give out, you know, whoever had the most one percenters in, in, in the comp each year, you could have, you know, Spike Lee come and give that out at awards night, you know, cause those, those players did the right thing. <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. It's my favorite stat. It's my favorite stat. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, and you know, I, and I, I, it's something that I don't see them. I don't think I have ever seen it reflected on the screen during the course of a game. You know, you, you, you see, you know, disposals, handballs, kicks, goals, behinds, it's that, you know, you see how you know, meters gained even sometimes, but you never see that one until you dig into the stats, you know, well after the game is finished. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a really, really neat statistic then. So the last one for you then, and uh, you're, you're, you might get this one. Uh, we've already mentioned this name, but this player led the club with 545 meters gained per game last year. And we've mentioned him already in the questions. I'm going to go Jaden Short. Yep. You only need to mention one name. That's right. Uh, You got it. You got that one. Yep. You got that one. So you crushed that one. (laughs) So uh, you did pretty well. I mean, you got, uh, you know, the disposal efficiency. You didn't get that one. You you know, the the 50-50 one with Waverly or Princess Park. But I think you got you got every, well and Mitch Martin you weren't sure on, but you got every other one. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You got six out of nine. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, you can't. I'll take you know, that. Yeah, I'll take that. It's a better percentage than last time. So yeah, you going forward. You know, you kick uh, you know six out of every nine you know kicks that you take you know towards goal if they go through the big sticks. I think I think your your coaching staff's gonna be pretty pleased with you. So I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. You got a little bit garbled there, but before we wrap up, where can people find the Tigers Den and Pressure Point Media? And uh when are you gonna start up with uh new episodes for those so people can check those out? Yep, absolutely. So the best place to find me at the moment would be um it was Tiger Den underscore TV. And that's okay. on that's on Instagram and um, I'll have all the information there, links to my YouTube channel, Pressure Point. It's the hub to find everything. All right. Terrific. I will, I will link to that. Uh, I, Cause I have the, uh, I think I had the, uh, the Apple podcast thing for Pressure Point linked as well there, but uh, I will definitely link to that on Instagram for you as well. Um, you know, it's, 
I think it's going to be an interesting year for both of us. I think we might uh, we might see glimpses of of what used to be, um, and maybe what will be. God, I sound like Vice President Kamala Harris right now, and I hate. Oh, good lord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I if I start talking about Venn diagrams, then I need to just go ahead and get out and get out of the podcasting business because I because I, I oh wow um yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting year. I'll pull uh, you up if you start talking about them. Don't worry. Yeah, it's uh you know I, I I do think we're probably going to see not a whole lot of movement in the eight. I I. I I I do think that we're probably going to. I right now I'm picking it's going to be a Brisbane, Collingwood Grand Final again, or or Carlton in there. One of those or two of those three. I guess I should I should have put them in there with that as well. But uh, I'm excited, you know, to get it started. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited to see some of these youngsters that are that are coming into the game, um, because you know and and we can't hit the fast forward button to get to 2025 or 2026 as the case may be we have to kind of go through this and and you know whether it be the cats scuffling to try to make the eight or richmond scuffling to try to make the eight we're we have to take our lumps this year whatever they may be and hopefully that makes you know our respective clubs stronger going into subsequent seasons so yeah absolutely it's going to be a bit of a scrap this year but I think all clubs need to go through it and it's just how you attack it and how you go about it and how you set yourself up for the future. So I think um, it's going to be an interesting watch this year for both clubs. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it, but it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be fun. And like I said, I am, I'm so looking forward to actually seeing the game in person for the first time, you know, cause I, I've, I've been to a few like USAFL games here where I've watched from the sideline. So, you you know, even there, you don't get to see the game open up on the, on the oval that, you know, even I'm watching it on television. I don't, I don't get to see that. You get to see that small window of the game that they're showing you. And every once in a while, they'll, they'll open it up and show you the whole camera view of it. And that's one thing I wish that the, that the league would do would be to, you know, put up on their socials, like the, you know, having a, a camera, that's you know mounted up above behind both goals and just let you watch the game. You know, if you wanted to, to watch the game from that camera angle, just so you can see how the, the game opens up from that angle, you know, seeing it from basically from above, if you will. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's just, yeah, no, that'd be. uh... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think I think you're spot on with that one. I think it, that that angle there it just shows you so much. I know the coaches actually do have that that angle. They they right. get their own specific vision that they get. The, the angle does exist. It's just yeah. uh, it's not available to the do the you, general public just yet. So hopefully going forward watch, they can they can release I'm, that. I'm trying to remember. Do you watch the NFL at all? I mean, do you watch? Um, not not religiously. I, I watch a game here or there. Obviously, okay. everybody watches the Super Bowl, so yeah, I understand yeah. bits and pieces, but I don't watch. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah. I I really, I'm more of an really NBA person yeah, myself. I really, I really only watch my team, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns play. But one of the things that, that you can you can do is if you if you want to use, you can you can get the what's called the all 22, which means you get the the camera that's going to show you like from above the goalposts showing you the whole field. So you can see how the offense 
sets up and how the defense sets up and see all 22 players moving at the same time during the course of the game. Now you can, you know, you can buy that service to get that, to be able to watch it that way. But I would, I wish it would, that, that would be an option for us to you know, maybe even get one game a week that way. Um, but of course, you know, I'm still working on trying to figure out how do we, how do we sell the game here? And I, you know, I, you know, we've got now, uh, you know, the, the, the NRL is coming here very soon to start playing games every year in Vegas. And I did a little, a little, little rant from a hotel room back in November yeah. about, you know, how, you know, the, the AFL needs to either, you know, crap or get off the pot here. Cause it's, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, I, and it's my personal opinion. I think, I think, you know, Australian football is, is a superior game to rugby. That's my opinion. Um, but you know, I have, I've long advocated that if we can figure out how to get one person, well, we can figure out how to get 1% of the, of the U S population interested in footy. That's 10% of Australia's population. And you get, you know, you get 10% of that 1%, you know, buying memberships and buying gear, you know, you know, I just plunked down. I just, well, U.S. dollars. I just spent 230 bucks U.S. in the Cats team store yesterday. Uh, so, you know, you get, to, you know, the clubs start getting people to, you know, buy merch and that sort of thing and, and plan vacations to come watch the game there and that sort of thing. It's, it would be an economic windfall, I think, for the, for the, uh, for the game. And it might help with, you know, getting a stadium built in Tasmania. And, you know, wherever they decide to put the 20th club, because they're going to, they, they can't go with 19 clubs. You need to have a 20th club. Okay. Wherever that may be, um, you know, whether they add a, you know, a, a third club in Adelaide or in Perth, or they figure out how to put one in Darwin or, and, you know, yeah, don't, however, don't. however they do it. Yeah, they'll need to do it. They'll need to do a 20th club eventually one way or another. But the, yeah. yeah, the US market is one that I've never understood why they haven't attacked more heavily. I know they had the China game a few years. Yeah. Port Adelaide and Gold Coast. Ago, I don't know. I can't comprehend why. Yeah. 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 The travel there as well. I just don't know why they don't have one game a year in the States, even if it's a practice match just to build some hype and, and spread awareness. Cause I know, I mean, you'd know better than me, obviously, but I know a lot of people don't know the game. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's amazing when, when people see the game and, you know, and again, I'm a high school teacher, so, you know, I'll have, I'll have games on and I'll always find a few minutes here or there to show, you know, like the little, what is the AFL kind of thing. And then, I, and the thing that they find fascinating is, the whole concept of, of, of players taking speckies is just, is just so foreign to them, you know, watching, you know, watching, you know, players climbing up on top of other people to, you know, to take a mark and that sort of thing. They just, they're like, wait a minute, they're allowed to do that sort of thing. I said, that is celebrated. Not only are they allowed to do it, it's celebrated when they do it. So it's, a, it's, a, it's something that is sought after. And so, you know, some of the kids, you know, some of the kids who play, you know, gridiron football here are just like, wow. And, and again, you know, there's the scheduling difference, you know, the scheduling of, of you know, the time difference. And I, I'm never, I'm never going to be somebody that's so bold that says, well, you know, that the, that the AFL needs to work around the, you know, the American, you know, time zones. I, I would never be so bold to say that because it, that's a rather pompous thing to do. And then I come off sounding like a, an asshat if I do something like that. So I would never do that, but I just, yeah, you know, I've long advocated for the whole idea of just, you know, having like a, like a Wednesday night 
half an hour highlight show in prime time here um, where they, you know, they show highlights of the previous rounds games and maybe preview one of the games that's going to be on television here. Cause they're, they're airing quite a few of the games here, but you never know it because they don't advertise them at all. There's nothing that shows up and it says, Hey, you know, Collingwood and St. Kilda are playing at, you know, at two fifteen AM on, on Friday morning, set your DVRs, you know, your recording devices. You can watch the game later on, you know, cause it's, you know, you've got to be a pretty dedicated fan of the game to be up at the hours that that many of us here in the u.s are to watch the games and you know and i i generally will only i'll stay up to watch cats games live if they're in the middle of the night but usually you know, but if games come on at you know a lot of them will come on at like five o'clock in the morning for me those are like afternoon games you know so i'll i'll get up to watch those but you know sometimes the ones that are on at three in the morning it's i'll watch them on on delay after the fact i you know i can't stay up for those because I'm an old man and I need my sleep, but, uh, you know, it's, I think um, young people, if young people discover the game, I think they would be, be absolutely fascinated by it. So. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I know you've said it previously and, you know, you say it a fair bit, but I, I agree. I think it's the greatest game in the world and that could be biased because I was raised with it, but it's, it's something I think definitely needs to be spread in the, the US market. Like you said, it's there for the taking. I just think whoever's in charge of, of putting it over there isn't doing a good enough job. And if I was in that role, I feel like, like you said, everything you said there were relatively simple ideas. Just let's advertise the game. Let, let's, yeah. you know, let's actually make people aware of what it is and make yeah. it more accessible because you're right. I know people here that aren't dedicated enough that they wouldn't wake up at 3am to watch it, let alone people that aren't really aware or new to the sport. So I think if you can, like you said, find a prime time slot, even if it's a half an hour window where you just play highlights, you do a review, a preview of the games, you might get people more interested. And it's only baby steps, but it's, it's something that can be easily done. Right, right. You know, because, uh, you know, looking at, you know, for example, you know, a right now, you know, in, in, you know, in Melbourne right now, you know, a, a one o'clock in the afternoon football NFL game here is beginning at five o'clock in the morning, the following morning. So it's, uh, you know, that's why you had like a, a 10 o'clock or an 11 o'clock AM start for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things, you know, that, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, especially in the summer months, I'm up watching games at that point in time, although I am working a summer job now. So I end up, I end up listening to more of them on the radio when I'm at, when I'm at work. I mean, that's a, that's a kind of a different, something that I've done a little, little bit differently, but, uh, yeah, I guess if we could just figure out how to get Pete, get it in front of people and let them know that it's there, I think it, it, it sells itself. So, yeah. Well, hey, Quinn, I want to yeah, thank you for your time. More. Yeah, I know you've got a, I know you've got a practice match to get to. I hope I hope that it's productive for both sides. I hope everybody comes out healthy. Because that's, you know, first and foremost, we want, you know, we want people to be ready to go into the, you know, the, the actual practice game here in another week and a half or so, and then getting ready for that, that, that opening game of, of the year against, uh, against Gold Coast. And, uh, I, you know, of course you open and close the season against Gold Coast. So I, I don't think that's a coincidence, uh, you know, because let's be honest, as we Not talked at about, the, as we talked about at the outset, you know, a lot of people thinking this is the year that Gold Coast is finally going to take that step. How sweet would it be? How sweet would it be for them to need to get that win against Richmond in round 24 and you guys to bump them out of the finals? 
Oh. <laughs> I, I'd love nothing more than that opportunity. I'll, I'll put it that way. I'd love nothing more than that opportunity for yeah. them to their season to be right or die on the Richmond game, and we just we just clock them. They've um they've been after the siren before, but just now having you know Damien there and just the storyline around it, I, I would love nothing more. Yeah, and that and that one's at the MCG. So. I was really hoping. I was really yes, hoping that. Finally, one. I, was, I feel like we haven't played Gold Coast at the MCG. Yeah, I was really hoping that one was going to be at Marvel. I was really hoping that one was going to be at Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, hey, man, I'm sick I, of Marvel Stadium. Let me tell you. Well, you know, I, and I guess I have to ask: uh, Were you at the Taylor Swift concert before we go? No, no, I was not. My sisters were. My sisters okay. were, and a lot of friends, but no, I, I didn't get there myself. Okay, not my, not my, uh, not my genre. My daughter saw her in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, last year, and I think she has tickets to go see her in Miami later this year. Um, I, I, buddy of mine and I, we get to a concert every couple of years. We went and saw the band Disturbed uh, about two weeks ago. So great show. I, I listened a little. I bit did say that. Well- yeah. I did say they were playing. Yeah, great. And they're actually playing in Adelaide. They're 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 headlining one show in Adelaide this year. I think they must be doing some festival stuff over there coming up in like March. So I hope you have you a go. great I hope you have a great week, man. And I, I enjoy the practice match today. Is it at Punt Road today? No, it's down in Casey Fields. So okay. it's uh, so middle of nowhere is. today, unfortunately. Melbourne's training ground. Okay, so you need to get going then. <laughs> eventually yeah. okay well hey man i hope you have a, a fantastic day and uh i wish your club all the best this year of course and unless they're playing geelong but you know as as i say to everybody you know i hope they hope they win every game except when they're playing the cats but uh but and that should be those should be some interesting matchups there too because you know i think both of both clubs are are very similar but i think as you said the cats might be where the tigers were last year and we're, I think we're going to start to see some, yeah, I think this might be it for Tom Hawkins this year. I think Mitch Duncan might be done after this year. So we're going to see some, we're going to see some, you know, multiple, you know, premiership players stepping away from the club after, after 2024, I think. So. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, Hey man. Absolutely. Cheers. And I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. You Always a pleasure. And my guest has been Quinn DeLuca from Pressure Point media and from the talking i'm excuse me the tiger's den i've got to get that right they're not talking not talking den you're not talking about dens you're not doing decorating in people's houses or anything like that (laughs) all right man well hey have a fantastic day (laughs) cheers thanks craig all right quinn i want to thank you a whole bunch for sitting down to chat with me there sir uh this was a lot of fun folks remember you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website iyankonthefooty.com You can get on the mailing list there, which I hope you'll do. If you enjoy the podcast, I hope you'll take a couple of minutes and leave a review. That's a big help. If you like the show, telling me uh, that you like it so I can tell others about it. If you happen to be on YouTube, I hope you'll subscribe there as well. Hit that uh, bell when new episodes come out. I'm still working on getting old episodes uploaded as well. YouTube takes me a little bit longer because I'm a one-man show. If you want to help out the podcast, you certainly could do that. Check out my Redbubble store page linked on my uh, website. You could also go to buy me a coffee, which is linked on my show page as well, as well as on my X account. 
at Yunk underscore on if you want to help out the podcast that way as well. Remember, I am coming in July. I just checked in and signed up for my uh, new summer job that I did, actually did last year. I'm looking forward to getting back at that and putting some a few extra dollars in the bank. But ladies and gentlemen, like I said, head over there, get signed up, get on the mailing list, leave a review, tell your friends about it, be a huge help. I hope you'll check out other episodes as well because I'm previewing all 18 of them. I'm doing five interviews in the next uh, 24 hours here. So really looking forward to that. Look out for your friends, check up on them, give them a call, make sure they're okay. Get out and have that coffee. Enjoy the uh, the test ma- or the practice matches that are going on because we've got uh, practice games coming up here very soon and footy's almost here, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, check up on those friends. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post and I will catch you later. And this has been episode 307 of A Yank on the Footy. Remember, you can find me at a Yank on the footy at gmail.com at yank underscore on, on Twitter. All my socials are on my website, a yank on the footy.com. You can check out the blog there as well. I appreciate you listening. Please share it with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.